0: The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers. And do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you
1: into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you
0: can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
2: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is Thursday, the 30th of June, last day of June, at uh, 2011 at 2 p.m. on the East Coast, 11 a.m. on the West Coast, and this is a live webcology. Jim Hedrick from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, and we have a, hell of a show for you today. Coming up in 30 minutes, so you'll to stay tuned for a while. We have Drew Curtis, founder of FARC.com, one of the most successful,
3: I guess you'd call it a news
2: aggregator site. <laughs> Um, everyone ever, ever on the web, I'm I'm excited, blown so pleased we have Drew. He's not able to show up till around two thirty, so we're going to rag the up a little bit. But there's a lot to talk about, Dave, and also yet, uh yesterday, or two days ago actually, Google announced Google Plus, its new social network. So we've gone from Facebook, a world dominated by Facebook, to the entrance of of my or of, of Google, Google Plus, and the reemergence, or what looks to be the reemergence of MySpace. Dave, are um, okay? Dave is unfortunately getting. We're having some technical difficulties on Dave's end. He's getting a major delay and hearing echo. Um. So we're going to try to switch Dave over to a regular phone and carry on from there. I think. While we're doing that, six years ago, News Corporation purchased what was then the largest social network in the world, MySpace, for the paltry sum of $580 million. It turned it into a dog. It couldn't compete against Facebook. It didn't have the same functionality. It didn't, wasn't as, well, fun in, or interesting as Facebook, and over the years, it bled money, it bled staff, and it bled users. What was once seen as the center of Robert Murdoch's media empire and the flagship for, for News Corporation Online became a cesspool of broken applications, slow-loading banner-laden pages, and a cacophony of crappy-looking profiles. When Facebook started allowing third-party apps like Zanga Games, the bottom fell out for MySpace. Now MySpace sees approximately 35 million visitors per year. By comparison, Facebook sees about 700 million visitors per month. Now, yesterday, when the uh, the news of the purchase was uh, was made public. Half the headcount at MySpace, 250 of 500 employees were laid off. But there may be a turnaround here. Tim Vanderhoek has a reputation for solid companies. And Tim Vanderhoek has a really interesting partner in this purchase. Life-imitating art, Justin Timberlake. The fellow who played Sean Parker in The Social Network, Justin Timberlake. The uh, fresh-faced kid who danced his way into your hearts when he was with NSYNC NSYNC, and squirmed his way into your hearts with his dick-in-a-box joke on Saturday Night Live. Justin Timberlake is one of the new co-owners of MySpace. Do we have Dave Davies back yet? We sure do. Okay, Dave, I've just monologued for about two, three minutes about... uh, you know, Justin Timberlake and uh, Vanderhoof and MySpace. And dude, what do you think? MySpace is uh, suddenly released from the evil clutches of News corps I, uh,
1: I think it's fantastic. I mean, I, I think you do too. Um, we all hate to see it. You know, I love the competition that goes on in the digital world and, and, and this and that. Um, but you we know, you always need to see something with promise just slowly but surely. Um, dwindle away, and that's exactly what my space was the coulda run kind of sites. I mean, it was a major power, and you know, we all know that now. Facebook came along. Um, I think you know, good move on Justin's part. I'll call him Justin because you know, we're good buddies apparently now. Um, great move on his part. I I love your comment about life imitating art. I mean, there's sort of a a pleasant irony going on here in in what's going on. Um, I think he's exactly the person. Um, to head this up I mean We've you, got a very intelligent uh, Human being with, with some fantastic charisma Leading the charge here um, And I mean I, I, I'm I'm really really looking forward To what it does And it sounds to me And, and uh, Brasco I, I, I'm really interested For you to share your opinion On this one as well Because it's some, some great ideas We were just chatting Before the show Yeah um, I think mean, a lot of Where he's going to be Driving it to Is fantastic Like just, just Don't do what you can't do Great um, do one thing and do it very, very, very well. And, and the focus, I think, that he's going to bring into my space um, is fantastic.
0: You know, it's amazing where some of these, uh, where an artist like him, who is, because see, here's the thing with Justin Timberlake. There's nothing that he has done that has not been successful. I mean, everything he has done, everything he has touched when it comes to entertainment, okay? You know, when it's come to music, into movies, into just in general it's somebody that's just multitask is mean, able to put himself into so much and I couldn't see you know and I can I could definitely mention before we started the fact that he worked on the social network movie tells me that he was really inspired by what he got to learn about the story of Sean Parker and just the story of Facebook in general that I you know it's just a it's a real progression for him to go ahead and work into business I mean you know the thing is, we normally hear of, of, uh, you know, of movie stars or, or celebrities that are working in the, into their own business. They're going to do their own you know, product lines, whether they're going to go and push products. Why not the Internet? I mean, these guys are young. You have Ashton Kutcher, Ashton Kutcher, the same way with his Catalyst Media, working on Twitter, working on social media in the same way, and getting a million people on Twitter immediately. You know, It's the matter of you have these guys. That, you know, they know how to reach the audience. And this is something that MySpace has not been able to do for a while. And, you know, it's, uh, it's grassroots. You, you, you find someone that just, it's the same way where just anybody's an entrepreneur, you know, if you have the right mind, it doesn't matter what background you come from. It's just that either which way, if you have a mind for business, you can have a mind to build MySpace and make it great again.
2: Well, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad you touched on that last point there, Brasco, a mind for business. Justin Timberlake has been through the meat grinder of the entertainment business. He was, a, he was one of the Musketeers uh, two decades ago. He was with one of the leading boy bands of the, of the late 80s, early 90s. He struggled to establish his own solo career. And when he finally found traction, he took off like a rocket. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm sure many who, uh, who saw The Social Network would agree with me. He nailed that role. He truly rocked in that role, um, but he's seen both sides of the table. He understands the uh, the, the business of entertainment in America, and um, I think he's more. I think he's better equipped than News Corporation was to uh, to deal with a uh, uh, entertainment based and uh, uh, user generated content based website.
0: He's controlled uh, his own be- career. For the last 10 years, he's controlled his own career, but whatever he wants to do. Dave, go ahead. Yeah, I, I
1: mean, I, I think the thing is, is, is what you're touching on there, I mean, we're dealing with a person who isn't, I mean, yes, he's a corporation, etc., etc., et cetera, but who I think understands um, the digital world, but we know he understands the digital world, who understands, um, obviously, social media, um, you know, and, and, and these sorts of things, so I think it's, it's it, if it's headed by him, the only flaw I could see coming in, I mean, yes, he's got a, a great mind for business, for sure, um, but will be, can he, and I, you know, I'm sure there's already you know, an architecture in place to deal with this where he's you know, not just leading. I mean, he's got partners and stuff like that, for sure, but um, just making sure that yep, he, he does what he does, and, and that's, that's what he does, right? I mean, you know, there, there's going to be areas he doesn't understand, fair enough. I mean, there's areas of every industry that, that you know no person can understand everything. So as, as long as I think there's there's that clear separation, um, and he doesn't start you know trying to control things that he doesn't understand and, and things like that, um, I, I think it's it's going to just completely take off. I think it's going to be a, a wonderful opportunity for, for the company, wonderful opportunity for my space, and not forgetting the actual those those crazy people that we call users and members. Um, I think it's fantastic for the people who have been in there and have been, you know, those 35 million that were there, um, you know, last year, for for those people, I think they're going to see a, a far superior um, situation when they when they get there and people setting up their, their MySpace pages are, are going to have a, a much better um, opportunity to, to share, if nothing else, um, just this publicity and the fact that it'll be talked about on ours and, and many other shows. Um, you know, that, that opportunity as well is, is going to be fantastic for them and, and maybe pull MySpace um, sort of up, off the brink and, and back into a property that um, that's worth talking about again.
2: There's a, there's a couple of angles I wouldn't mind talking about before we jump to our next story. Number one is the total bath News Corporation took on MySpace. They lost over a billion dollars a year trying to run it. Um they bought it for 580 million. Ended up selling it for 35 million, which is basically giving it away. Um, they went, you know, MySpace was where News Corp executives went to die. There's of the three-person executive team uh, hired in 2009 to do a last-ditch effort to turn to turn MySpace around. The last surviving is um, Mike Jones. And he's going to be sticking around for the next couple of months to uh, try to help with the transition before he departs. But according to an article I saw in the Toronto Star, and I'm quoting directly from the article here, with Timberlake's help, the buyers hope to revitalize MySpace and transform it into a destination for original shows, as well as bolster its already available video content and music. Vanderhoek said the revamp will include additional investment in technology and maintain the right to stream music through joint ventures it has with ma- with major recording companies, uh, the MySpace, MySpace Music Project. Now, it's unfortunate that just about everything Robert Murdoch has touched online has been injured. I mean... I know there's many who argue with me, but I think the, the the Wall Street Journal has gone way downhill since News Corp took it over last year. It was one of the only online properties owned by News Corp that was doing really well. Um, now I do have to admit my bias. I intensely dislike News Corp and everything it stands for. But just objectively. Robert Murdoch is the is well, Dave. That was a, that's a great. Why don't you just share the comment you wrote in Skype?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll feel bad for for making a joke at, at the expense of, of somebody deceased. But um, yeah, my comment on Skype was him being the senator Ted Stevens of business. Um, you know, just was otherwise is before probably he An died. intelligent human being dropped into an area into an area they have no right or ability to control. Um, And and, and make decisions on it. Yeah, that's that's a fairly accurate, I think, description of
2: of the situation. Well, today is the uh, last day of News Corp's fiscal year. They dumped it the day before the end of their fiscal year. They can take a tremendous write-down on their books, and they're walking away from a dog that was costing them about a billion a year. Right. And that's, I mean, that's not jump change. That's a lot of money. So, um, yeah. I guess, huge congratulations and good luck to Specific Media and Tim Vanderhook. And uh, I guess his, his, his new partner, Justin Timberlake, um, almost makes me want to go check out my old MySpace account. I don't think I've been there in like three or four years. The email's probably piled up. That's, of course, assuming anybody still uses MySpace to send me an email through there. <laughs> Another social network was announced this week, and this one is actually one I think we have to take really seriously. Google Plus was uh, was launched on Tuesday. I just got my invite, my personal invite, late last night. So I was, I was messing around with it a little bit last night and a little bit this morning. I really like what I see, but, you know, obviously... It's a Google product, so time's going to tell whether the people are people are going to adopt it. But um, Dave, I'm curious what do you, what do you see with the what what looks to be the sudden stratification of the of the social media?
1: I love it. Um, no, I, I guess I'm I'm not quite as important as my friend Jim is, so I I did not get an invite, so I didn't get to uh, get to play around in there. Of course, I've read Wax's stuff on it and you know looked around and watched their videos and stuff like that. Um, which is is one of the things I really liked, and and you talked to me about it has been a pet peeve of mine with Facebook for eons Um, it's always bothered me and there's been really no way to deal with it efficiently um, which is they're what Google's calling circles Um, I'm sure you've played around a a little bit with it but the the thing that I think they're they're hitting the nail on the head with that may actually help them um, significantly here at least among the people who know um, and hopefully we can we can propagate that out or at least hopefully on Google sense we can we can propagate this, this news out and sort of force our, our friends to, to follow us and the people that may not be as tech-savvy or, or aware that this is even going on. Um, the thing I really liked about Circles was that it, it enables us to go, hey this is a person that would fit into my work. circle. This would fit into my friends on said, well you know to quote them, the friends that you have on Saturday night is different than your friends at work which is different than your family and that's a fantastic in my opinion, a fantastic differentiation. When I do a status update, I may have a different status update that I want to pass off to my clients um, than I do that I want to pass off to the friends that I was out at a pub with. Right? I mean, these these are fundamentally different things, and I may not want to share the same information with all of my as Google calls and with all of my circles of friends. Um, I think mean, this feature alone, and, and there's, there's tons in there, most of them I haven't had a chance to play with, but this one's really easy to wrap your brain around because it's bothered me for so long. Um, I think this is, is absolutely a fantastic idea, and I think just even at its core, that core function may be enough to help drive that popularity forward. I know I would join it, and I will as soon as I get my, my little invite letter.
2: You've um, got it, by the way. It's in your inbox. I sent it earlier today.
1: <laughs> it, it it hasn't made it through yet, unfortunately. I, I kept my eyes open for it because I was so Thank interested God. to play around with it. Um I just. I think it's going to be a really, really neat thing. Now, you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head in that it's a Google property. It's kind of a coin toss here um, as to whether it's actually going to take off or not. We've all seen how many Google properties or, or Google ideas that we seen sort of, hey, this is a great idea, and then we're not even really talking about them you know, two months later except to go, remember that great idea they had that didn't really work out? Because, um, of course, it's, especially this one. It's social. It's got to work for everybody or it doesn't work at all. And that's going to be their problem. I mean, even with the limitations of Facebook, it works for my grandmother and she's 80. It works for me. It works for my kids. It works for my dad. Right? Like All of us can can use this thing. The thing I don't like about it is I want to be very, very selective in who I'm choosing as friends and and this and that because I want to make sure that it's somebody that, you know, when I'm, you know, going up a gondola in Whistler, I can take a picture and, and tweet it and not have a client going, well, why aren't you, you know, doing this, right? Or, or whatever. Um, you know, so rather than being selective, I think it's, 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 it's fantastic. And there's, there's a lot of other neat stuff in there, but I haven't had a chance to play with it, so I won't speak on it too much. But you have had a chance to play with it. What's, uh, what's your take?
2: Well, again, I've only had a chance to set up my profile, figure out who my circles of friends are, circles of co-workers Um, I've already set up one for my business partner and staff members at Digital Always Media Um, so I've sent a couple communiques out through it I have not got responses yet but you know one of them, Alan's flying back from the all Facebook conference uh, in San Francisco where he spoke earlier this week and uh, (laughs) Lindsay just got back from a SEO girls week in Mexico did you know that? All the SEO girls went to Mexico last week and didn't tell us. So <laughs> offensive. I mean, seriously. Um, That's why I was limited to the SEO girls, probably. Yeah, well, anyway, uh, yeah, Lindsay and uh, the unofficial SEO checks, not the real SEO checks, but the other SEO checks, apparently flew to Mexico for a week of pillow fights and margaritas or something. Um, I don't know. Um, I just desperately wish I'd been there. Um <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I haven't gotten a response from the misses I sent out through, uh, through Google Plus yet to uh, Digital Always staff people. But then again, maybe I set the invites wrong because um, you say you haven't received yours yet. So all, I guess the biggest thing I have to say about Google Plus is there's a lot we need to learn about it. But what I want to know, and um, we have to take a break in a few minutes, but one thing I really want to know is what does Google need to add to Google Plus? To actually make it rival Facebook, I mean, Facebook, Facebook was great, but it really took off when it allowed people to play stupid games like Farmville or Farm Town or um, uh, 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 Mafia Wars or Farm Wars or whatever. That's when that's when Facebook really took off when it gave people a cool way to waste their time. Does Google need to do a similar thing, or is Google going to focus on productivity? Hoping that will carry
1: the day. You know, and that's a question we will only know um, as things proceed forward. Or are people freaking sick of their, like, zombie game invites that they keep getting over and over and over again? So, um, But you know what? Rather than chat about that, maybe we can cover that in two or three weeks after everybody's had a chance to play around with it a little bit. and It's a little more wide open and, and, and people are more experienced in it. Um, rather than, I mean, Brasco want to beat us over the head going, you need to take a break now. Um, maybe we should uh, maybe we should take a break. So this is Dave Davies from Bean Stock SEO here with Jim Hedger from Marco Media, Digital Always Media. Um, be back in just a couple minutes. Sit tight and don't move.
3: Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrand. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports.
0: E-brands.
3: Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators.
0: E-brands.
3: Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators.
0: E-brands.
3: Let e-brands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for
0: eBrands.
3: If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every Internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link-building campaigns, social media campaigns with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com.
2: Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy
0: hour. You're already done for the day?
2: Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org.
0: Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially
2: supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs.
0: Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. SEO
4: 101
3: on WebmasterRadio.fm
4: Catch us Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization channel, only on webmasterradio.fm.
0: Commercials off. Now back to
1: Webcology,
2: only on webmasterradio.fm.
3: Here are the hosts, Jim
0: Hedger and Dave Dee.
2: Oh my God, Brasco, Dave, we've got to take more breaks on this show. Wow, uh, I'm in such a good mood. I can't believe this. Um, while we were on break, I just consulted my email and found that Digital Always Media has just won two more large contracts. Um, I just wanted to share that with the world because I'm feeling really good about that. Wow. I think we should take a break right now. I'm going to go check my email. Speaking of taking a break, Amazon just broke with all of its California affiliates. It seems that in its great wisdom, the uh, state legislature in California passed an affiliate tax earlier this week, causing Jeff Bezos of Amazon to make good on his, well, his nuclear war threat. If you guys pass the tax, we're going to cut off your state. As of, uh, well, early this morning, Amazon affiliates in the fine state, fine but broke state of California, woke to, uh, well, termination notices from their, their, from the uh, Amazon affiliate program. So that's, you know, about 2 million affiliates that Amazon cut off over a taxation issue. At what point does Amazon just say, you know what, we, can, we just can't do business in the States anymore? It's, it's just amazing. Could you, Dave, could you imagine waking up and having your number one affiliate program say, I'm sorry, due to legislation, we've just decided to cut you off?
1: Yeah. Um, I've I read it as well, and... Uh yeah, I don't even know. I mean, I think uh, you know. I'm actually, I'm going to post it in the chat room. Just another reason that everybody should be in our chat room. Um, it's, it's you got to love Danny Sullivan. Like, I mean, I, I don't know that I, I could have read sort of a, a rant that was so well worded <laughs> as, uh, as as his open letter there. Um, so, I mean, it, it's I, I can't imagine. And I mean, it's such a such a, a wonderful revenue stream. Um, you know, all of the affiliate marketers in our, in our listening audience are probably kind of shaking their heads, some of which may be in California, some of which may have gotten the exact same letter that, uh, that Danny did. Um, I mean, no, I can't I answer your question. No, I can't. I can't imagine that. And, and to do it so unprofessionally as to give such short notice and then to use, and, and Danny called it in there, to use basically these affiliates as pawns, um, in this setup with almost no notice, um. Is is just, I don't even understand the logic of it. It's ridiculous. Um, And I do like his point that, you know, he had uh, a bunch of links that once upon a time held value to them. Now they'll be gone. Now the, the, you know, sort of downside or positive for Amazon downside being, um, you know, will all the affiliates go out and remove all these links or just kind of leave them and go, you know. Whatever, too much work to take it down, and it doesn't affect me, right? Sort of, sort of thing. So they may end up gleaning some of that benefit, but some of the most powerful of the sites, such as Danny's, um, are going to, yeah, definitely. These are these are affiliates who will go. Well, I was linking there to sell a product. I'll link somewhere else to sell a product. I think it was a stupid move, especially with such short notice. Just an absolutely ridiculous move.
2: Well, that's um. A lot of us are going to be in California in, uh, in mid-August for Search and Strategy San Francisco and Connected Marketing Week. And um, they don't, I don't know when the last time you were in California was. I was, I was there earlier or late last year. And um, if you don't have a job in Southern California or in Northern California, if you don't have a job right now, you're competing with hundreds and hundreds of people for a job at, like, say, a security guard at a Kmart. Um, t- seriously, overqualified people. One of the things that I've always loved about the internet—I mean, t- I'm talking to you about this, David. It's, it's kind of silly, but you know, we've been able to make careers off of internet marketing. We make good livings off of internet marketing. And the nice thing about it is, it's the the very low barriers to entry. A little bit of talent, a little bit of passion, and a lot of pay, a lot of hard work and patience, and you will make money in this industry. And um, to see a revenue stream cut off from a group of people who are already behind the eight ball when it comes to employment, the economy in California is atrocious. Um, the state itself is dead broke. It's laying off its employees. And here's a way people could have made some money to pay the rent, to pay the mortgage, to buy the food. And that's cut off too. I don't know who I'm more pissed off at, the short-sightedness of the legislature trying to get a couple, a couple uh, million dollars a year in taxes or the cold-heartedness of Jeff Bezos and Amazon.com and just cutting off all those affiliates at the moment the state legislature went in a direction they didn't want them to. And we saw this happen in New Jersey. We saw it happen in New York. It almost happened in Colorado. And again, you get to the point where you throw your hands up in the air and say, when is Amazon just gonna have to give up on doing business in in, in in most of the states in the United States
1: well you know what I mean then it leads to the next question is when does Amazon just go whoops really bad call and and try and collect whatever affiliates might still even think about joining them like I I would bet you dollars to donuts if he got a, an email you know a month from now going hey we've decided to do California again Danny'd be going yeah no. <laughs> no, I think not, right now, because I know back. what kind of company you do. But you bring up a really, really good point, which is we're really pointing at Amazon right now and going, hey, this is a stupid move. And I do think it was. And I, I mean, my company got its start on the fact that I had affiliate sites that could that could pay me while my company couldn't in, in, the early, um, in the early days of the company. So I mean, I have a soft spot in my heart for affiliates. That's why I love speaking at affiliate conventions um, because it's... It is that and you're right, we are dealing with a with a group where, you know, they, they might not have found other work or you know, they have made good money through affiliate marketing, so somebody else can take the job they would have needed to take if they weren't doing this and, and sort of help the economy out. In that instance, you touched on it, we can't just blame Amazon here. This is a short sighted and stupid money grab on the part of the state of California that's gonna end up shooting them in the foot because yes. You know, I understand that, but affiliates aren't all claiming that, you know, they're they're this on their income and this and that and the other thing. We're not taxing this all properly. That's fine, but they're still spending it in stores.
3: Well, you you know what? It's going into their bank accounts.
2: It's not like the state isn't aware they're making the money. No, the IRS is aware they're making the money. And if you're an affiliate, you're paying income taxes. And I'm willing to bet that the state of California is going to lose almost as much or as much in income tax now. As they were going to make off the affiliate tax, so and then don't they just the made for people, people
1: who no longer can earn that income, and so they're having to go on to some sort of assistance. And I mean, it's
2: uh, just it it, it 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 just the vicious circle of uh, again w- w- what can only be seen as short sighted legislation from people who just don't understand the environment, but are still making decisions that affect how the environment evolves. Um. Oh, it's. Uh, um, I, I, I'm trying my best to keep this a PG show today, and I just want to swear.
1: Yeah, no, I, hear you. I hear you. It was, uh, yeah. It's, I think overall, really, really, really bad call. Um, and you know what? It's a recurring theme, right? Because we got Murdoch and Stevens, and you know now the entire, you know, governing state of California and, and their decisions. Is right. It's when people who don't understand. Are trying to are making decisions and economic decisions uh, in an area where they they just they have no place to be making those calls um, because well, they ma- don't understand. Can you imagine
2: the problems. intensity of the lobby of the lobby that uh, congressmen either at the state level or at the federal level have to face when making decisions around the internet? You have you know the uh, Google and Amazon and uh, uh, Yahoo, etc. On one side, you have the big brands who don't want affiliates selling products when, you know, like Target or Kmart could be selling them, on the other side, and you have these poor Congress people in the middle who, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give them this much. The majority of legislators, legislatures in the United States and in Canada and around the world are in it because they want to build better communities. And yeah, power does corrupt thinking and corrupt act and eventually corrupt actions, but I, you know, you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. They want to build a better world, like the rest of us do. Um, and they're being told, they're being pulled in so many different directions. There is no neutral body saying, "Well, you know, this is right, but this is not right." Oi, oi, just don't know what to say. Um, I want to do a quick reality reality check with the studio. Um, studio, do we have Drew Curtis yet?
0: No, but I can give him a ring right now.
2: If you could, um... If you could, it would be really nice. We're supposed to be doing an interview right about now.
0: We're just waiting for him to come online on Skype. Okay.
1: Um... Fantastic. I'm just going to jump in here then, and I'm going to post a link into, uh... Like, while we're waiting And Brasco, by all means, cut me off if, uh, when he joins us here. I'm just posting a link to an article on Web Pro News, just because it's timely, just because we brought it up, but I'll read just a little segment for those who are downloading our show on iTunes, etc. Okay. Um... There's been a privacy flaw already on Google+. <laughs> nah, what do we got? Um, here's the example that's given, but I, I recommend to read the full article. Um, it's, it's pretty short here. Say a close friend of mine posts a picture of her kids to her friend's circle with the share option on every Google+, post. I can reshare this with absolutely anyone from another circle to which my friend does not belong, right through to making it completely public. The same loophole applies not just to photos, but to any kind of post. Um, so yeah, you may be intending to share something out To a limited group, say your circle But then inside that circle It can then be shared out um, And made public Big flaw
2: Well, the first question that runs through my mind Is this a privacy settings thing? That's the first thing I would look at If, if this happened around Facebook um, You Facebook all about settings, a right?
1: Privacy flaw, and of course, I don't have my invite yet So I can't go in there and, and, and check oh. things out uh, as thoroughly as, as I might otherwise enjoy. Um, but that's definitely one that should be, um, you know, sort of, to me, it should be a default that way. Now, I'm more a you need to protect your own privacy kind of person. We've had this debate a few times. Um, but I think there are certain circumstances where just the intent of something should be understood. When I share within my circle, it's, it's reasonable for me to believe that that company understands what I'm intending to share within my circle, not that somebody from my circle should now be able to make things public right, I mean that's that's just not not right, and yes I'm sure there's some settings in there where I can go and don't let this but by default I think it's, it's reasonable for users to expect that when I share something within my group, it's not intended to go outside that group unless I specify that this should be public, so
2: Okay, but let me, let me ask you a quick question. Is that a function of Google? Or is that a function performed by one of the people within your group? Like, when you send me something, it's on my system. I got it now. And you may have sent it to me within a closed circle. Say, say you sent it to me via a Skype conversation. That's just you and me. But now it's in my system. And you have to rely on my good graces and common sense to know what to do with that information once, once I have it, right? Maybe this isn't Google's fault. Maybe Google, Google Plus is, is functioning exactly as it should. And a member of this person's friend circle, well, overstepped the bounds of friendship a bit. It's like you and I just took the exact opposite
1: sides that we normally do on, uh, on privacy discussion, which is I find kind of interesting. So sort of shows how complex um, and complicated this this issue really is. Um, I think, and, and, and this is, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about this again in about three weeks after I've had a chance to play with everything and, and see everything out there. I think that it is completely reasonable to appreciate that if I'm posting pictures of my kids and I'm putting them in my group, that they're intended for that group. And by people, I should, you know, maybe with a checkbox or what, not be able to go, hey, anybody can share this as widely as they want, but that this is mine intended for this group, and it's not meant to go, you know, flowing out past that, whether my friends might be doing something stupid or not. Um, I think when I'm not doing something stupid, and so when I say this, if they want it to take off, which we can assume Google wants Google Plus to take off, if you don't want me to go, well, crap, I can't share anything with people because it might end up all over the place, then they're going to need to plug this one pretty fast. But I uh, I think we need to move on.
2: Yep, yeah, I just got. I just—I'm I'm very pleased. I love checking my email. I just got an email from Drew Curtis. He is back in his office. He is on Skype, and he just popped up in my window here. Um, we've been ragging the puck for about ten minutes here, uh, waiting, waiting for Drew Curtis, founder of Fark.com, whose day has been farked up by an air conditioning repairman, apparently, to uh, to get on. Apparently, we have him. Um, I just need to catch my breath. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. I'd like to take a break really quickly here on webmasterradio.fm. Friends, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. We're joined by Drew Curtis, founder of fart.com. You can hear our interview with uh, Drew after these messages.
1: Sit tight and don't move. Webcology
3: will be back after this short break. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple.
0: Two, one, booster ignition. Ascend into
3: new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart
0: that's ready for liftoff. Introducing AscenderCart.
3: AscenderCart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine
1: rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at ascendercart.com.
0: A
2: S C E N D E R C A R (laughs) T.com.
0: They are a part of an industry that makes tens of billions of dollars every year. People hang on to their every word of their business strategy, even the prepositions. These are the internet millionaires you have read about and whose secrets you would love to learn. They are the most inspiring and intriguing people in affiliate marketing. When I want to build relationships with the best and brightest minds in affiliate marketing amongst lush tropical surroundings, I come to AFCON 2011 Miami. AFCON 2011 Miami, October 13th through 15th at the Fairmont Turnberry Isle in Miami, Florida. Register and learn more at AFCONEvents.com, A-F-F-C-O-N-Events.com. Come, my friends, to AFCON 2011 Miami.
2: With LinkedIn,
3: Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercial's off. Now back to
0: Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You're the host, Jim Hedger and Dave DeVie. Hello, everyone.
2: I am the most interesting copywriter in the world. Okay, this is going to be fun. Guys, smartasses, paint huffers, Florida, and squirrels with enormous nuts. It's not news, it's FARC. About ten years ago, our guest, Drew Curtis, founded what has to be one of the first user-generated content websites on the Internet. Known for its irreverent and often self depreciating humor, FARC is kind of like the Daily Show on the net except every poster is the comic, and even if the subject matter is quite serious. Drew Curtis, I've been wanting to interview you for years, man. Welcome to
4: Webcology. Hey, thanks a lot. Sorry I uh, took so long to sober up there. <laughs>
2: well, yeah, was it was you were the air conditioning guy who was drunk.
4: Or both? Yeah, well, I think we were both drunk, actually, as it turned out. So, now nah, the problem with those guys is they were gone for uh, two weeks and finally showed up today as being the only day they could do it. Oh, and by the way, you're going to hear some uh, kids screaming behind me. That's uh, They all just got home.
2: Ah, hey, Craig, school is out for summer. Um, so, for the uninitiated, and uh, there's got to be one or two out there somewhere, Drew, what, what is FARC, and why is FARC?
4: Um, basically, we're, uh, I, I keep changing the uh, discussion of what we are, but it's like, uh, I, right now I'd say we're probably a comedy news aggregator. Uh, but that really isn't exactly it, because the problem is, is there isn't, like, another, there's a lot of stuff that looks like FARC, but there isn't really another FARC. Uh, and it's a lot harder to explain in a short form. You just have to come check it out and see what I mean. Yeah, well, t-
2: t- 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 I'll try in a short form. FART is headlines, news stories with smart-ass headlines written by the users. Um, and you must get a gajillion submissions every day. How do, you, uh, how do you choose what goes up on the stream and what doesn't go on the stream?
4: It's actually pretty easy. Uh, just the stuff that makes me laugh, it—it uh, it, it, it sounds like you know there's not really any formula to it per se, but it—it it sort of turns out to accidentally be onto something. Does uh
2: does humor make it easier for readers to digest what's often, you know, just scary ass news?
4: Yeah, I think so. In fact, uh, I I tell people a lot of the time that uh, the humor is more of a context. It's why you should care. Uh and most of the time it's because it's funny. Sometimes it's because something interesting was dropped in the fifth or sixth paragraph. Uh and I'll give an example of that. Like um one of the reasons that Mark Sanford, who was the governor of South Carolina, got in trouble a little while ago uh with his uh with his uh wife was because he had a mistress. Obviously that's a problem, but nobody knew about it until one weekend he took off to uh go hiking. Uh or that's what he told everybody, and he was out of contact all weekend and he told people, Yeah, I was hiking the Appalachian Trail, no big deal. The problem was is that he picked the same weekend that was uh hike the appalachian trail naked weekend uh mm-hmm. and it turned out that uh farkers caught onto that pretty quick and of course the media jumped on it almost immediately after not like they didn't notice it either but the upshot is is that a lot of times it's not necessarily what what's funny as much as it is why it's funny does uh does fark break news uh occasionally not very often uh mostly because uh as an aggregator you somebody else has to see it first and generally speaking we can't link stuff that isn't existing somewhere else but that being said though uh... there are people who read farc all over the place and we've had folks uh... that have been able to put stuff up lightning fast uh... to give an example uh... during the virginia tech shootings uh... we had several people on the virginia tech campus submit that link uh... and mostly it was not only like they knew a shooting was going on but they didn't know where it was going on so we gave them a link we cleared it all out we let only virginia tech students talk to each other and they kind of located from there so we, uh, we screw around 99% of the time, but every once in a while when, when shit gets real, essentially we take care of it. Now, when you when you started Fark, did you did you have a
2: vision for the site, what, what you wanted it to be?
4: Nah, not really. I was just screwing around trying to entertain myself. Okay. Now, what, what do you think about the evolution of the site? Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty much kind of uh, – I, I kind of half-assedly backed into everything that it became. Uh, <laughs> a friend of mine once said, if you put together like sort of the way that Fark has evolved over the last 12 and a half years – and wrote that down as a business plan and submitted it, you get laughed out of every room that you ever presented it in because it doesn't make any sense. And the only reason that it uh, is even a possibility is because I actually did it. It wouldn't make any sense if you read it top to bottom. Well, it mightn't make any sense, but does it make any money? It's not doing it's too bad, sense. but the main reason is because if you want to make money on the Internet, you don't spend it. Uh, and since uh, there's no venture capital in this company, I don't tend to get up really crazy with private jets and hookers and blow and stuff. Uh, I do get drunk a lot, but that's about where it ends. Well, there was that party in Toronto. Yeah, um, that was a good time. That was great. The first half that, that I was, remember, that is. It...
2: Uh, on, on behalf of all Toronto Farkers, thank you. That was great. And, you know, a question I think I think all of us had, um, none of us had the, the guts to ask it, of course, is
4: what's it with you and Duke University? What, what, what did
2: Duke do to piss you off?
4: Yeah, so uh, I live in Kentucky, which is one of the reasons why it's important to have a working air conditioning unit during the summer, but... uh One of the other things about living in Kentucky is is that you end up being a college basketball fan, and University of Kentucky and University of uh, Duke are not necessarily like, uh, they're not rivals per se because they don't play in the same division, but anytime they meet up in the NCAA tournament, it's just bad, bad news. Uh, And there's a lot to hate about Duke. Uh, Generally speaking, I can always tell what everybody's favorite teams are. If somebody tells me they're a Duke basketball fan, I already know what all of their favorite teams are in every other sport, and that would be uh, Dallas Cowboys, Manchester United, uh, the Red Wings. Ah, uh, the Lakers and whom I forget, the Yankees, and uh, that's basically anybody who's a sports fan of any one of those teams probably likes all the rest of those.
2: Okay, tweaksters, I want you to weigh in
4: on that one. Um, bound to get some comments on that. What about the Florida tag? Is it really yeah, so, that weird in Florida? I was, uh, I was actually challenged uh, by a lot of readers of the site after. Uh, apparently, they they blew some kind of election down there in two thousand. I'm I'm unclear on the details of exactly what went on, but. At any rate, uh, I had a lot of Floridian partners that read, and they kept on insisting that they were the most screwed up state in the U.S., which I live in Kentucky, so I consider that to be kind of a challenge, really, because, I mean, Kentucky's kind of screwed up, too, but we don't have the sheer population volume that uh, Florida does. So just on a dare, I said, okay, we'll try this uh, Florida tag out and see how it goes for a little while, and I'll be damned. I would three to five articles a day out of Florida, nonstop, just hilarity down there. I don't know what's going on.
2: You know, our our studio is uh, is based in Fort Lauderdale, um, and our head engineer, Brasco, is is. Uh, I think he gets half of his source half of his sources come from FARC. I'm positive of this. Yeah, um, well, the other
4: half come from his own state. Well,
2: yeah, he, he just has to look <laughs> out the window. He sees the weirdness. So your tagline reads: "It's not news; it's FARC. Now, FARC is one of the original user-generated content news aggregators on, on the web. Um, having just been exposed to the mainstream, uh, has your perception or your personal relationship with ma- mainstream news, has, has that changed at all?
4: Um, well, it's been interesting because initially there was little to no contact because uh, the mainstream guys don't consider curation, which is kind of what FARC's end product is. To be an actual product, so they just kind of borrow from it at will. Which you know, fine, whatever. I don't mind. I mean, rather than get it from us than anybody else. But as the conversations have continued over the years, what's been really funny is is that got uh, sort of a sensibility about like where the news, like uh, the news uh, patterns are going. And as I've talked about those to the media guys, they all love it because uh, pretty much just kind of nail it head on. And that's not on purpose. I'm really just telling them. I'm not trying to predict the future. I'm just saying here's what I'm seeing. And it turns out that a lot of journalists agree with it, so it's kind of a happy accident.
2: Well, um, you've been, you've had a front row seat, sort of micro-studying uh, the American mainstream news news gathering organizations for the last decade. Um, who does a better job, the web users or the news gatherers?
4: Uh, I'd say probably the the web users probably have a better job, just because the news gatherers have got this extra layer of uh, of pain in between them and doing their job. Uh, journalists are out there to try to, you know, they want to get the truth out there. They want to change the world. They want to help people. They want to, you know, get let people know that stuff is going on. And usually standing in the way of that is their editorial, and then on top of that, the corporate side, which basically have different uh, different uh, jobs that they're trying to do. And so they usually get screwed up in the process, and they're not allowed to do most of what they're actually trying to do. So, But I always tell people it's like uh, part of the reason that I, I end up seeing these things so well is because, like, if you if you took – mainstream media and made that planet Earth, I live on the moon. Uh, and I can't tell if it's raining in any particular spot, but I can see weather patterns. And that's uh, sort of the, the pulse I'm taking. Now, a while ago, before your recent
2: redesign, you had a uh, like a scrolling meter on your politics page. Yes. With very fascist and very communist as as the two uh, ends of the axis. Yeah, the,
4: uh, the attempt there was to... Try to prove to people that uh, we were posting because I get complaints all the time saying we're too liberal and we're too conservative. And I'm actually pretty happy that we got both because it makes me feel like I'm doing it right. But the problem was is that nobody else believed it. So what we did was we started tagging the stuff that we were posting as liberal or conservative, which we used communist and fascist just because honestly I'm a moderate at heart. I don't really care about extremists one way or the other. But to show people that we were sort of trying to stay in the middle, and the problem was is just people just believe we were cooking the numbers, so it didn't help. We took it down.
2: Has uh, has the input from users, and, and just you know, again, your 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 micro study of the media over the last ten years has that changed your views on U.S. or global politics?
4: Yeah, to a certain extent, uh, but yes and no. It's more kind of like a lot of people ask me if I'm seeing certain trends in politics. Like one of the ones we're talking about in the U.S. is like how divisive things are getting and how terrible they were. Well, I'm also a student of history, and it turns out that we actually can't touch some of the crap they used to do back in the 19th century. I mean, they had some great rumors flying around back then. So w- really, my take on it is kind of like uh, these people that are saying oh my god' it 's it's, it's worse than it ever has been it doesn 't appear to be. I think it just has better media coverage Is there a
2: topic, a story, or a type of story that 's never going to get greenlighted at FARC?
4: yeah, basically things that, things involving extreme pain uh, I usually kind of stay away from those like i 'm really not a big fan of like you know for example the the seasonal article you get right now is like kids getting you know locked in cars while the parents go to the supermarket and they come back dead." There's not really any comedy angle there at all, and I just don't, you know, I just kind of ignore it. But if you're talking about like sort of general and more theoretical political viewpoints or whatever, not really. I uh, just need a reason to uh, to run it up the flagpole because sometimes what people believe is as funny as what they don't believe. If that makes any sense. Fark
2: has taken down web servers. In our world, in in in, in the, the webmaster world, and in, in the world of search marketing, links are gold. What do you think the value of the link from FARC.com is?
4: Uh, well, there's the obvious SEO angle, which everybody already understands, but there's sort of an, another one as well. FARC basically is mostly uh, organic traffic in the sense like 95% of our inbound traffic comes from either people typing in FARC.com on the address bar or coming in off of, a, off of a, a favorite. So we have a very organic audience. These people are actually there. It's not bots. It's not people that are accidentally finding the site. So as a result... All of the traffic that lands on people's sites from FARC, first of all, 100% of them meant to go there. And second of all, it's real people, and they tend to wander around. Third of all, the audience is made up mostly of people that share stuff. So as a result, uh, you know, our average outbound will be eight to 10,000 clicks. Uh, if, it's, if it's just an absolutely boring, terrible story, that's how many people will go check it out. But most of these people will share it with everybody else. And so you end up getting this massive aggregate of – I've been told by mainstream media organizations that like, something like 20 times the original traffic bursts from us – We'll follow from other websites uh, as people share out the stuff.
2: Uh Roscoe, you, you, you just you sent me a, you, you have a quick question.
0: Yeah, Drew, real quick. Uh, love your site, like I said. I'm thinking on the chat on the behind the scenes. Been following us for ten years, and I got to hear about it from a radio show ten years ago that basically just used it for you know stupid news and all that stuff. So, are you getting any commendations from radio shows? Are they making a mention? And was that any part of the inspiration for the site?
4: Yeah, actually uh, initially no, but lately uh, I guess the radio guys in particular, since everybody in in radio knows about it already, are starting to kind of assume that cat's out of the bag. The other thing they're finding out is is that people don't care if they get all their stuff from FARC. I think there's this weird sort of like, I don't know what it is, uh, like a strange – there's a thing in media where they don't quote each other like other media sources. Like They don't say, hey, we saw this on Fox. It's just not done. But I think the radio guys have figured out pretty quick that nobody cares about that. The end listener doesn't worry at all. They just want to hear cool stuff, and they don't actually give a crap where it came from. So as a result, uh, in the radio industry, I'm getting a lot of quotes on a daily basis. Uh, TV guys are still a little slow to catch up, but they're kind of getting there as well. All in all, though, like I said, I don't mind it either way, because you don't want people getting pounded over the head by saying, Hey, I got this from here. Hey, I got this from here. It's kind of a pain in the ass, so I don't mind.
1: I'm going to jump in here with a question for, for people who may be you know, looking at it, if you wanted to submit a link, are there ways when you're proofing them and, and people are, you know, choosing their titles and, and stuff like that, what should they be thinking of? Obviously, a, a humor angle in there, but are there ways that you found titles work better for you guys and, and for your readers?
4: Yeah, basically, um, so look for some kind of a curveball or tie it into something else. Like, uh, usually, I guess, uh, like similes. You know, uh, I don't know if you guys remember English or Now you guys may or may not be all English majors. But, you know, basically, if, if this thing is like that thing, uh, that's usually where the basis of the humor comes from. So, for example, uh, one, of the, one of the things we used to run on a consistent basis was is there would be like a tractor trailer of uh, beef would overturn and There would be a running joke that there was a, another truck of horseradish and cream heading into the uh, scene right there, that kind of stuff. You know, a, a better tractor panel of condoms right behind it, getting a rack on top of it. So more kind of like, if you could kind of think sideways for a second and tie another uh, another gag in there. If you look at the main page of uh, FARC right now, you'll probably see numerous examples. But I'll tell you this though, of uh, the people that get green lights, maybe like once a year, it turns out they tell me it's the last one they ever expected that it would be that we would pick. And honestly, I couldn't tell you why because I don't know that. I have no clue. I'm just doing stuff that makes me laugh.
2: Are you the are you the moderator every day? Is it is it your eyes that uh, relight the
4: stories? I run it from about seven in the morning till just about noon or so, and then I got to take a little break and uh, run around and uh, work on the rest of the stuff. So then other people take it over, but I'm still kind of keeping an eye on it later in the day. So for example, if we get like a news flash worthy event where all of a sudden you know we get fifty news flashes submitted in the space of like two minutes, something just went down, and I'll usually jump in and take over that particular link. Uh, I have sort of a different strategy on it, though. I don't care for the first people out there. I want to try to get the best joke. So I'll wait five or ten minutes after breaking news It's just to see what the, uh, the best uh, riff on it is and then try to use that. Um, it's graduation season. Have you done any commencement speeches? No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't really gotten around to trying to break into that yet. I've just started, like, in the last couple of years talking to colleges about stuff, and it's been working out pretty well. So it's just a matter of messing around Um, i don't really have any great desire to do or to not do it i sure as hell would uh but for the most part i guess with all the other people that i see doing speeches i probably had to throw my hat in the ring because i better have a shot at it
2: make good money that way i hear too
4: um yeah that's what i hear where's the uh what's, what's the weirdest place
2: your celebrity with Fark has ever gotten you like you know uh opening ball on wall street buckingham
4: palace courtside of the duke game uh, tons of places, actually. Um, the most recent, well, I'm, I'm really good friends with the guys from Mythbusters now, and I was down in, uh, I was at the Alameda Runway about two weeks ago while they were filming something. It was just me and my wife and, uh, and uh, Adam and Jamie and like three production crew while they were doing some uh, experiments for a show. But the all-time weirdest one was is that I'm, uh, I'm also really good friends with Tucker Max, of all people. Uh, we actually went to high school together, if you can imagine that. And uh, we ended up getting invited to spend a week on the Time Bandit up in Dutch Harbor, Alaska, for the uh, show The Deadliest Catch.
2: Oh, you're kidding. Really?
4: Yeah, it was completely bizarre. I'm actually sort of on one of the episodes that aired recently. Uh, the Time Bandit egged another boat with like 200 dozen eggs. Uh, I checked it out. You can't quite see me running around in there, but you can hear me yelling in the background. I was down in the middle of the boat outside of a camera shot, not on purpose. It just, that's where the most eggs were so I could throw more. I caught that episode, actually. That was brilliant. That was real. That, that actually happened. Yeah, it actually happened. I was on the boat while that was going on. In fact, Tucker is standing between Jonathan and uh, Sig when they're doing it. Uh, I haven't watched the episode yet, but I was the only guy wearing maroon that day, and I was in the middle of the boat. My guess is I'm probably impossible to see, but I was throwing eggs like an like a MF for that day. Uh,
2: if you have any control over this at all, where is FART going tomorrow? What, what, what can we expect from the site?
4: Yeah, you know that's a really good question. I don't actually know. Um, we have a couple of experimental things that are coming up. One of them is is we're going to launch a couple of blogs. Uh, not because I feel like oh crap, I need to have a couple of blogs, but it's more kind of like I'd have to say that probably somewhere between eighty percent, conservatively, of the news articles I read every day are lazy in the sense that one more question could have been asked that would have changed the entire thrust of the article. Uh, usually, you know, like uh, nobody called somebody who's involved or. Somebody forgot to ask one pertinent question. And so I see so many of these, it occurred to me that you could make an entire blog out of that if you wanted to. So we're collecting a couple of writers and basically doing that. Because uh, the thing about blogs is, is a lot of them attempt to scrape content, which is the wrong way to go about it. Uh, the right way to go about it is, is you basically sort of change the context of the article. And a lot of times it would be, why is this appearing in the news at all? For example, uh, I my guess would be... Like today, it's about ninety ninety five degrees in uh, Kentucky, which is uh, 30-some-odd Celsius. It's really damn hot, basically. Usually, when weather hits Kentucky, about a day or two later, it'll hit New York, which means a day or two from now, let's see, today's Thursday, so if you get there tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, all CNN's going to be carrying is, oh, my God, it's hot outside, all afternoon. And the question you know, is, well, why, why are they bothering? Well, the answer is because they have nothing else to talk about, uh, and they've all been taught to do that. So it's that kind of stuff. But occasionally, it'll be... Uh, for example, uh, government leaks are one of my favorite. If something gets leaked uh, that's supposedly, like, an internal government source says blah, 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 you can always tell who leaked it based on whether or not the government gets upset about it. If they don't actually do anything, then you know they, they, they send it out. If they get really mad, and I'm thinking in particular WikiLeaks here, where the guy yeah. releases 75,000 pages of internal U.S. documents that are boring and don't say anything, and everybody was all bent out of shape, and in the meantime, you drop a deep-cover CIA agent's name, uh, Valerie Plame, out into the media, And uh, nobody has anything at all to say about from the administration. It's kind of like, wow, I wonder where that came from. So that kind of stuff, asking those questions.
2: Okay, Uh, I'm afraid this is my last question because we're we're almost out of time with you, Drew Curtis. But if uh, if Arianna Huffington was to dispatch Tim Armstrong with a multi million dollar check for Fark.com, would you take it?
4: I absolutely would. Although it kind of depends, because not if it was for probably what we are worth, they'd have to overpay. And the reason is not because I want a ton of money, but because I'm really reluctant to give up what I've been doing. Uh, this isn't like, it, it's not really sort of like I'm beholden to it. It's not like Fark is my baby or anything. It is, but you know what I mean. Napshot is more kind of like, uh, there's so many more things I can do because I'm running Fark than I could do without it. And losing it would probably not be a good thing in my opinion. So it would they really have to overcome my reluctance on that one, and I don't think they will.
2: Well, Drew Curtis, it was a pleasure meeting you in Toronto last month, and it was great speaking with you on the radio today. Thank you so much for joining us on On OnWebcology.
4: Hey, thanks a lot, i got a quick question for you. Do you know what the hell that was we were drinking for the second half of that party? It was like a brown ale or something?
2: Oh, I thought it was, it was either Guinness or Kilkenny.
4: I started on Guinness, and then I switched to that, and that's the last thing I remember. And I know we drank like four <laughs> or five pitchers of it, whatever it was.
2: It <laughs> just kept serving, and it. it was amazing.
4: It was really good. I have a feeling it was a lot stronger than
2: Guinness. Oh, I should hope so. This is Canada. <laughs> Drew, thank you so much. Friends, that was True Curtis. If you haven't seen the website, go check it out. This is this is as awesome as the 1,000 awesome things. Fark.com, F-A-R-K.com. We are way out of time. We've gone over time. So to the uh, next host. So sorry, friends. Uh, we're going to be back next week. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've listened to Webcology and Webmaster Radio. Stay tuned, we got great content coming up on the network.